Blastoff! Kansas City is 7-1 against a point spread coming off a Monday night game. Take KC minus the 6. We're taking home cold, hard cash. We're going to have another heat check. Come on. Keep going heat check. Yeah, I know. Pulls up. Gonna go. Yes. It's heat check time. Hello. I like money. I want winners. Heat check. Oh, yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. I'm about to go on the run of a lifetime. And if you want to make money, climb the fuck aboard. Get money, get money, get money, get money. I'm getting money, I'm getting money, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. All I do is get money, get money. Back again, back again. This is the Heat Check Podcast. Derek Piper, Josh Piper. We are back for NFL Week 5. Abbreviated version this week. Not too many plays, but not forcing it this week. We're just trying to give out a couple of winners. Wanted to make sure we could get this pot in. Of course, it is late night. Of course, Bush Light has been consumed, so we have checked those boxes. And we're back here to get this thing going. Let's recap a little bit. Week 4 wasn't a great week for me personally. Did lose the teaser win streak so shedding a few oh, tears man. uh the bucks and saints did not go through thank you to new orleans blowing a game at home against the giants uh did win the bucks chiefs did win the bucks seahawks as far as teasers go uh, lost both money line parlays because i had the rams in that one rams get upset at home by the cardinals and then one-on-one with against the spread picks uh lost the bucks minus six and a half had Seahawks plus three. So, Josh, how we doing, and how was week four for you? Uh, about the same. Uh, I ended up going one and one on my show plays. I actually went one and two, but I ended up cashing out of my Tampa Bay-Tennessee money line parlay. We had kind of talked about if A.J. Brown and Julio were both out, that uh, maybe to get out of that one and not end up playing that. So, if you waited on the news and saw they were both out, then you avoided that loss, uh, kind of like I did. Um, but I ended up winning on Kansas City minus 0.5 and Bucks minus 0.5 teaser, and I as well lost on the Rams. I was a little, been a little shocked with how they looked uh, the past two weeks, and uh, maybe a team to stay away from uh, here coming up, just to kind of see if they can get that figured out. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna get this thing figured out this week. We do. We are bringing props back in to the mix, a couple of those uh, to, to add back. We, we stayed away last week after a little bit of a bumpy patch in week three. Uh, let's see if week five we can get the mojo back because we were red hot week one, week two. Uh, but first and foremost, as usual, we will start off with some teaser legs. And I think that, that is the way to go uh, in terms of playing a side. I know that neither of us so far have any straight up against the spread uh, picks for this week, but... Uh, a couple of teaser legs that we are looking at. And I'll start us off here. The Bucks at home against the Dolphins. The Dolphins get beat in Miami last week by Carson Wentz and the Colts. Uh, did not look good in that game at all. And Jacoby Brissett still has the reins at quarterback. And, and the Bucks had to grind out that victory on the road in New England where the rain just poured down for pretty much the entirety of that game. And uh, the Bucks' offense was really slowed by that. That was kind of an equalizer in that game and allowed New England to really stay in it. Not to take too much away from New England, who did. They threw everything they had at, at Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and 
but ultimately, I think that the gap is much bigger than what was shown last Sunday night, and I expect the Bucks to go back home uh, and play in you know warm weather uh, and get a chance to really get going offensively. And uh, you look at the fact is when you look at the Dolphins' offense, they are averaging. 15.5 points per game, which is 31st in the league. Uh, only worse than that is the New York Jets. And since Tom Brady's been in Tampa Bay, they're 6-0 and straight up with him when they are favored by a touchdown or more uh, during the Brady era. So the fact is that they're at home, they're favored by a bunch, they're favored by 10, but you tease that down through 7, get it down to minus 4, and... Uh, or minus three and a half. Some some spots right now it's minus nine and a half. So uh, for the Bucks to win by more than a field goal, I think that that is a pretty decent price, and I, I would fully expect them to be able to get that done. I know their defense is banged up, particularly in the secondary, and it's not looking great for them. But I don't think the Dolphins with Brissett can take advantage of that enough. I think that. Tampa's going to put up a bunch of points, and Miami's going to score a little bit, but not enough to stay within a field goal. Yeah, I'm right along uh, the same lines as you. I love the Bucks here um, as a teaser option or an alternate line. They're sitting at three and one, um, two and zero at home, and they're coming back home here, um, and then coming up against a Dolphins team um, that's one and three. The Bucks have two wins by only two points, which is a little scary when you're thinking of teasing them down. And this is a team that's, you know, covered in numbers that normally you don't really see. You kind of expect a team, if they're going to win, they're going to win by at least a field goal. And, and twice they've kind of burned me on that. But uh, why not try it again? So <laughs> <laughs> Bucks are 11-1 straight up in their last 12 games. Dolphins are 0-3 with Brissett at QB. Brissett is now 1-8 in his last nine starts as a quarterback. Uh, Dolphins have played one team that's that's close to the caliber of the Bucs, and they lost 35-0 to that Bills team. Um, they also lost 27-17 to, to the Colts, and the Colts were winless before that game. And then the biggest disparity between these two teams, in my mind, um, are the two off- offenses. Uh, the Bucs are averaging 30 points per game at fifth in the league. Dolphins are, like you said, Dolphins only averaging 15 points a game at 31st. Total offensive yards, Bucks 8th versus Dolphins 31st. And then passing yards, the Bucks are at 1st compared to the Dolphins 30th. You mentioned um, the Bucks passing defense 32nd in the league in passing yards allowed per game. But going up against the 30th passing offense in the league, I think those will can't kind of cancel each other out. Um and the, the Dolphins just aren't going to be able to keep up in this game. I think I think the Bucks route route them here, um, but but you know ten points is a lot. There could be a backdoor cover easily in this game, uh, so I really like playing uh, the Bucks down in the alternate line uh, to about minus two and a half or minus three. Yeah, certainly makes sense. Uh, I'm certainly on board with that, uh, liking that a lot as far as the teaser leg and. Let's look at another one, the Dallas Cowboys at home, minus seven against the Giants, and that offense is absolutely humming as far as starting off this year. And Dak Prescott, what he's able to do, the running attack with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, uh, really able to keep Zeke fresh and uh, split those carries. Not 50-50, but 
to a point of allowing both to, to get out there and, and do some damage and uh, just so many weapons. And I know, as I mentioned earlier, the Giants do get that win on the road against the Saints and New Orleans really blew that game. They had, a, I think, a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and allowed that thing to slip away. And I just don't see the Giants being able to win another game on the road. And uh, looking at historically, Dallas has won seven of the last eight at home against the Giants. And it really boils down to the fact is the Cowboys' defense is a little bit improved and, and two players really sticking out there. Trayvon Diggs is a corner, is, is showing up as a – a legit playmaker in that secondary. Mike, Micah Parsons as a rookie is really making an impact, and I could see him against a Giants team that doesn't have a very good offensive line being able to get in the backfield and, and make some things happen. But uh, Dallas is too good, particularly offensively, and I do not see the Giants being able to keep pace with them and, and be able to win this game. So I have Dallas teased down from minus 7 to minus 1, and like that as a teaser leg quite a bit. Yeah, I love that as well. I am also on the Cowboys as a as a good teaser leg. Um, looking at the Cowboys' wins, they got good wins against the Chargers, Eagles, and Panthers. All three um, average to above average teams. Their only loss was to the Bucks by two points. And then the Giants, you mentioned that comeback win against the Saints that probably shouldn't have happened. And then a loss to the Broncos. That's you know that's respectable. But their other two losses are to Washington with a backup quarterback and then to the Falcons, who are just miserable right now, offensively and defensively. Um, and they haven't faced a team nearly as talented as Dallas. You mentioned Dallas has won seven of their last eight meetings. Um, and as you mentioned, the biggest disparity, again, here is the, is the two offenses. Dallas at fourth points per game to the Giants 21st. 31.5 points compared to 21 points per game. Uh, Dallas third in yards per game compared to the Giants around middle of the pack, 14th. Um, I just don't see the Giants keeping up with that offense and being able to score enough points to stay in this game. I love the Cowboys uh, being able to tease them down to around minus one from that minus seven. Yeah, and even with last week's win, the Giants are still, as a road dog in terms of winning the game, they're 4-11 since 2019. Uh, straight up when they're a road dog. So uh, the numbers still Love show that. that they're not good in that situation and far as far as going on the road and being able to win the game. One more that I know that both of us like, Monday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And you've got Lamar Jackson in a situation playing in primetime. Uh, we've seen him be able to pull out a win already at home on under the home lights. Uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, and now he gets the Indianapolis Colts coming to town with Carson Wentz, and Josh will let you break this one down initially, then I'll give my thoughts as well. But Baltimore is a teaser, teasing them down from minus 6.5 to minus .5. Essentially all you have to do is win the game. Yeah, exactly. Just need them to win the game, and the Ravens are 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven games when favored. Goes along with that perfectly. And also goes along with that perfectly. The Colts are one and nine straight up in their last ten games when underdogs. Um, you know, a common theme of these teasers: good, great offense versus average to below average offense. Uh, Baltimore eighth in points per game, fourth in yards per game, um, third in rushing yards per game. Indy twenty first, twenty first, and fifteenth in those three categories. Um, Carson Wentz, 1-7 straight up in his last eight games as a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
don't have to break it down much more than that. I, I love this as a teaser leg here. Yeah, I don't have too many stats to throw out there except for one that, that stands out is since 2019, Baltimore is 19 and three straight up when they're favored by more than by favored by four and a half points or more. So when they are clear cut to supposed to be win, winning the game, they are winning that a lot more. Obviously, 19 uh, as opposed to only three defeats. So uh, that's a spot that they've been very comfortable in, very successful in. And I'm just not buying the Colts and Carson Wentz perform well on the road against a, a Baltimore defense that still has yet to. I mean, they held Denver down. Of course, you have the QB injury in that one with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but it is an aggressive blitzing defense, uh, not an explosive offense in the Colts and a quarterback in Wentz that is mistake prone and, and one that I'm still just going to continue to fade until proven otherwise. So uh, taking Baltimore to win that game uh, in prime time is certainly something that uh, I'm very interested in, in doing. And uh, those are our top three as far as teasers. I know that you've got another one actually uh, that you want to factor in there. So I'll let you break down the Vikings at home against the Lions as a teaser leg. I know they're a big favorite, uh, but you can get them at a pretty uh, – Decent number, right? Yeah, who doesn't love fading the Lions? Uh, common theme, common theme for me and in, in this pod, all, all together. Pretty profitable. Yeah, exactly. So the Vikings haven't been super impressive. They don't they don't look impressive at all. Looking at the rest record, uh, sitting at one and three versus an zero and four Lions team. But the Vikings have losses to the Bengals, the Cardinals, and the Browns, all three who look like potential playoff teams so far this season. Um, the Vikings have won their last seven meetings versus the Lions. Oh, and let me go back to those three losses. Those three losses were combined by 11 points total in those three losses. That's pretty incredible. They should have won that Cardinals game if they didn't miss about a 40-yard field goal, and then they'd be sitting at 2-2, two and two, and the Cardinals are looking like one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, so back to the Lions. Vikings have beat the Lions the last three meetings, and the Vikings covered the spread six of those seven games. But one reason I'm not really liking the spread, one, because it's 10 points, but the Vikings are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games as favorites. Um, the Vikings have been favored by six or more points six times since the start of 2019, and they're 5-1 and one, uh, straight up in those games. Um, but this isn't as much about the Vikings as it is about the Lions. Lions have lost eight games in a row. They're 1-11 in their last 12 games as an underdog. Uh, taking a look at um, often the, both the offenses, um, Detroit's 24th scoring offense versus Minnesota's 17th. Um, rushing offense, Detroit 20th versus Minnesota's 13th. I think Minnesota's rushing attack should be able to just pound that Lions defense all day long. Whether it's Cook or Madison, I expect them to uh, get get quite a bit of yardage on the ground. Uh, so once again, minus 10. Too many points for me, uh, but if you can alt-line this down... Uh, much like that Bucks game to around minus two and a half, minus three. Uh, I love that option there. Yeah, it's hard not to go that way after the Lions not being very competitive in that Bears game. And, and like you said, giving up the yardage on the ground. And they did 
have opportunities. They got in the red zone a number of times. I think that they went one for four in terms of just scoring in the red zone against the Bears. So uh, they were able to move the ball uh, adequately, just not being able to capitalize and, and just continuing to fade a team that is just finding ways to lose games is, is hard not to go with that direction. So uh, let's look at a couple other possible ones. Maybe not, not going to spend too much time on these, but just some to throw it out there, some ideas, some other legs that are worth taking a look at. You got the Patriots minus eight and a half at the Houston Texans. You could take them down below a field goal. I think that that's, Pretty appetizing for uh, a situation where you got Davis Mills with Houston and, and that New England defense that has played pretty well. And uh, just for Mac Jones to be able to do enough to win that game by a field goal or more is uh, a decent proposition. Cincinnati, plus three at home against Green Bay, uh, a Green Bay team that is, is banged up and uh, going to miss another impact player defensively. They've already been out. Uh, Zadarius Smith has already been out for them. And now Jair Alexander is a big miss and something I'm going to talk about more when we get into props. Uh, but for the Bengals to cover, you take it up to plus nine. I know it's Rodgers. I know it's Green Bay Packers offense, uh, which is something that could scare you away a little bit. Uh, but that is one to look at. Uh, I got to throw this one in, the, in there. The Bears plus five and a half at the Vegas Raiders. Uh, you could tease them up to plus 11 and a half. I will not be doing that. I'll, I'll just be sweating the Bears <laughs> trying to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> naturally, whatever you want, organically, however you want to say that, just without any action on that one. But uh, I do think the idea of getting the Bears to uh, plus 11 and a half, it's, it's intriguing. It looks pretty good on paper for a Vegas team that is still maybe a little overrated. I know that Carr can, can sling it for sure, but I can see the Bears being in that game. And then... Last but not least, Buffalo, they're plus three on the road at Kansas City. You can get them to plus nine. Uh, and this is a Chiefs defense that continues to just bleed yardage, bleed points. Jalen Hurts throws for 330. And while the Chiefs end up winning comfortably in that game because Mahomes goes crazy and Tyreek Hill has a field day, uh, this is a Buffalo team that can really go punch for punch offensively with the Chiefs. So uh, to get them over a touchdown – uh, it's something that's pretty appealing. Again, I, I would understand staying away from it, but uh, that is a, a pretty good number for a, a team in Buffalo that can go score for score with the Chiefs, in my opinion. Yeah, and a Buffalo team that is currently number one in scoring defense, uh, so points allowed. Um, they're number one at only 11 points per game, uh, with the Chiefs sitting there at 31.2 uh, points per game allowed at 31st in the league. Um, I definitely think this is a one-score game between those two teams. Um, so being able to tease them up above seven, uh, I think, is a great option. Yeah, one or two more stats that we want to throw out there. Uh, on the Cincinnati side, and I, again, maybe this is one that I should play, but uh, Cincinnati with Joe Burrow at the helm, when they're a home dog, they're 3-0-1 against the spread, which is pretty good. They have not lost so you've either gotten your money back once or won three of those times. And then when he's played a full game with the Bengals, so I'm taking out the, the injury game on the road last year against Washington, he is 7-3-1 and one against the spread. So they call him Joey Covers for a reason. And I, I do think that this is a game that they could cover just based on especially the, the Packers injuries and not having Alexander in that secondary to slow down 
Jamar Chase and those Bengals weapons. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think those are some great points. But I think like number one in my rule book is don't bet against Rodgers. Uh, yeah. So as a Bears fan, I've not bet against him. I, I typically bet on him, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I typically don't like my money on the other side of that guy. I'll pose this real quick before we take a break and, and get to some props. Would you rather have, say, the Bengals teased up to plus nine or the Packers on the money line with, say, the Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys? I would rather have my money on uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers come down uh, come down at the end of the game. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, probably a stay away on the game for me. Uh, I'm more interested in a player prop in that game, kind of tail, uh, jumping off on your back on that one and uh, tailing you there. Yeah, sounds good. We'll get to that when we come back. And, and I do have to agree that staying away from betting against Rodgers is something that's pretty smart. And, and Green Bay has definitely righted the ship since that week one debacle against New Orleans. So when we come back, a couple player props. And then we're going to call it a show. But let's get you a couple winners on this player prop front after a quick break. We're back on the Heat Check Podcast. Time to get to some props. And let's, let's deliver for the people this week. We took a week off of props. Really hot start to start the season. And now let's get off on the right foot. We jump back into this one. And I, I got to be honest, I am really... Really confident in the first one that I'm firing off here. And we've talked already about the Jair Alexander injury in the Packers secondary. He's one of the premier corners in the National Football League. And without him on the football field, I love Jamar Chase. I cannot believe his number is this low to go over 63.5 receiving yards. Earlier in the week, I took it at 65.5. It went down to 62.5 at the time of this recording. It is 63 and a half receiving yards for the star rookie in Cincinnati. And in four weeks, he's put up 77 yards, 65 yards, 54. So he went under one time against the Bears, but had 101 yards in week one against the Vikings. So he's covered this number in three out of four weeks. Alexander, of course, is out. Kevin King, their number two corner, is coming off concussion protocol. And even when he's been out there, I was looking at some pro football focus numbers, and he grades out 88th of 105 qualifying corners in coverage. Eric Stokes is a rookie, has also gotten a decent amount of playing time. He's 75th out of 105 in coverage. The Packers just gave up 92 receiving yards to Deontay Johnson. Quintez Cephas, who's a rookie, and that Lions passing attack that no one's talking about. We're going to briefly mention it here. He had 63 yards. He was just under this. This number, uh, so approaching that, and Chase is a big play waiting to happen. He's got electric speed, great chemistry with Joe Burrow, and I could see this being a game where Rodgers, of course, is going to make things happen. And regardless, the Bengals are going to be aggressive, I think, through the air, just based on how things are shaping up. And this Packers team without Zadarius Smith has not been getting a whole lot of pressure in the backfield. I think that's one thing that when you look on why did Chase go under against the Bears, it's because that – Defensive front was wrecking the Bengals' offensive line, and, and Burrow wasn't able to get comfortable. I don't see that happening in this game, so I am hammering, hammering Jamar Chase over 63 and a half receiving yards. I love it. 
I love that play there. I am tailing you on that one. And um, I'm even going to kind of double down um, on a different different kind of way of playing this. Um, I love Jamar Chase over 23.5 longest reception. Uh, I played this the other week on Henry Ruggs, which hit. He's hit this every week so far. He had 44. He's had receptions in each game. He's had one for 44. 34, 42, and 50. As you mentioned, Packers without Jair Alexander. Uh, Kevin King, whether he plays or not, he's he's terrible. Um, and the Packers gave this up to two separate receivers last week on the Steelers. Um, I love this over 23 and a half longest reception. Yeah, I like that a lot. He is a playmaker down the field. He's going to get a step or two on whoever happens to be guarding him, and it'll just take one throw from Burrow, which he's going to put on the money. I wouldn't be surprised if that hits by halftime. One other one that I have to throw out here, only two player props for me. I think you've got two as well, and then maybe a a recommend on another one. But Darnell Mooney, and this is another one where I'm a little surprised on the number, and I I realize it was only one game uh, in terms of his breakout performance against the Lions, but to see his number sitting at 49.5, one week after he just went five receptions for 125 against the Lions. I got to be all over this one. And uh, I said from the very beginning that when Justin Fields was going to get in the game, that Mooney had the most to gain in terms of him being someone who can make plays down the field. He's got the speed. Uh, And there's something to be said for the fact that Fields seems to have some kind of rapport. He's looking for Mooney uh, and, and trying to target him. And I was looking at some targets since Fields has been the starter. So these last two weeks and uh, Mooney's had 15 targets and Allen Robinson's had 13. So he's even targeting Darnell more than A-Rob. And uh, I think that for a Raiders secondary, that's nothing to really write home about. Uh, I think this is a game where Fields is going to find him and 50 is not too hard. I mean, you look at the way that Fields was hitting him down the sideline, hitting him, some chunk plays. This could this could be covered the over in terms of like two receptions. So uh, I like this to hit, and I, I feel pretty confident about Mooney getting over 50 yards. Yeah, I really like that play. Uh, not only like it because of Fields, but I also like it if Bill Lazor's still calling the plays uh, – and Nagy's not keeping his receivers to within, you know, 10 yards down the field. He's actually opening that offense up, opening it up with the run game, and then getting some play-action passes down the field like they did against the Lions. Uh, I really like that play, and uh, we'll probably be tailing that as well. My uh, second and last played uh, prop here is uh, Nick Chubb over 82.5 rushing yards. He's hit this every week so far. He now gets to play a Chargers 29th-ranked rushing defense who gave up 90 rushing yards to Antonio Gibson, 109 yards to Tony Pollard. Him and Zeke combined for 180 yards rushing. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who you don't normally hear about breaking into any big rushing numbers, rushed for 100 yards on this Chargers defense. And the only time that this didn't hit – against the Chargers defense was against the Raiders who just don't run the ball. Um, Josh Jacobs was banged up. He only had 13 carries last week. Um, And they like to throw the ball. They like to give the ball to Carr and let him just chuck it downfield 50 times and see see what sticks. So 
Nick Chubb over 82.5 rushing yards. I think this is is much too low. Um, I already have a play in for that one. I like that one. That one certainly makes sense and has been a Chargers defense that has been gettable on the ground for sure. And Josh, why don't you share your other one that you're looking at in terms of your last prop that has your injury? Yeah, uh, Derrick Henry's rushing attempts. Uh, the Titans have just been feeding the crap out of this guy with uh, with AJ Brown and Julio Jones hurt. Julio Jones is already out, ruled out for this week. Uh, AJ Brown is considered questionable, so he may or may not go. And even if he does play, um, DraftKings took the number down on his on Derrick Henry's rushing attempts. I think it was sitting around twenty four and a half. They probably are waiting on A.J. Brown's uh, decision on or the whether or not he's going to play. But the last three weeks, Derrick Henry had 33 rushing attempts for 157 yards, 28 rushing attempts for 113 yards, and 35 rushing attempts for 182 yards. Um, the Titans are looking to just pound the rock with him and not – not just to eat up the carries and eat up the clock, but he's it's also effective. I mean, the amount of yards that he's gaining every single carry. I would play anything over probably 26 and a half, 27 and a half. I expect him to be around 28 to 35 carries um, in this game. And on top of that, it should be should be a positive game script against this Jaguars team. Uh, so I'm keeping my eye on Derrick Henry's rushing attempts to be posted. Yeah, that certainly makes a lot of sense and uh, would expect him just to continue to get fed hefty helpings and carries as this thing goes forward. So there you have it. Uh, quick recap as we go through. I'll, I'll start with mine. I have a Bucks and Cowboys teaser. Uh, that The Bucks getting down to three and a half at home against the Dolphins. The Cowboys minus one at home against the Giants. And then I'm also teasing the Ravens and the Cowboys. So Baltimore at home against the Colts, minus 0.5. The Cowboys, minus 1. Like both of those quite a bit. Jamar Chase, over 63.5 receiving yards against the Packers, which I Alexander out for that one. And Darnell Mooney on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders to go over 49.5 receiving yards. Yeah, so my week five plays this week, uh, Bucks. I'm getting the bucks down to minus two and a half on an alternate line with the Vikings minus two and a half as well. Um, it's a bit juiced to minus 149, but as we've talked about before, uh, if you think it's going to hit, you got to play it. So bucks minus two and a half Vikings minus two and a half. And then I'm doing a, a six point teaser on the Cowboys and Ravens. So Cowboys down to minus one Ravens down to minus 0.5. So basically both those teams just to win at minus 120. And then Nick Chubb over 82.5 rushing yards at minus 115 right now when I played it last night. And then Jamar Chase over 23.5 longest reception. Um, I got that at minus 120. And then keeping my eye on Derrick Henry's rush attempt number um, and probably going to play that regardless. There you have it. Short and sweet this week, week five for the NFL season. There are our plays. Hopefully, we're going to give you some winners, chance to make money this week, get back on the right track with props, and enjoy the action. Enjoy college football Saturday, NFL Sunday, MLB playoffs. It is a fun time to sit back and watch a bunch of sports 
and find a reason to not do anything else. Um, but NFL <laughs> in particular, we'll be looking to make some money this weekend in the process of watching some ball. So thank you, Josh Piper, for Derek Piper. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. Uh, and always fun. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks, guys.